You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. Riding solo tonight after another Bucks win over the Golden State Warriors. And I am by myself uh, because, I, I well, actually, I can't confirm. Maybe Frank uh, actually has to get up in the morning and go to work. So he went to bed for that reason. Or maybe this Bucks game put him to sleep because uh, I, I tweeted out before this game with the late start asking uh, which Bucks fans were going to be up to watch the entirety of this one. And... I would not be surprised if there were some of uh, you guys and girls that decided at halftime, I- I've seen enough. This was a really, really w- rough game for the Bucks. They end up pulling out the win, 107-98. Uh, Giannis finishes with 30 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, struggled a little bit from the field, 10 for 21, particularly from 3, 1 for 7 from deep for him and Chris Milton. Uh, was the other major contributor on the night. 21 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Uh, he got it going a little bit in the third quarter there and hit a couple of threes. He finished three for eight from deep on this one. And we we're going to get into that a little bit more. But uh, before we do, uh, once again, uh, I hope you guys, first of all, enjoyed the the first part of the mailbag uh, on, on yesterday's podcast. So uh, I will say that uh, Frank, uh, you know, gets full a full pass for uh, not staying up beyond midnight to record this one after the late start on the West Coast because uh, we, we did the mailbag yesterday and uh, we started recording at about 10.30 p.m. I think it was Central Time. He's in, on a work uh, trip there to getting some work done in, in Texas there and uh, we went right through until after 1 a.m. Uh, recording the mailbag. It was a whole lot of fun. This is the first time that I've uh, done a mailbag with Frank with Locked on Bucks. And uh, we just kept rolling. And there were so many good questions that we were able to get through. So at the end of this, I'm going to get through some of the main points from tonight's game against Golden State. And then uh, I'm going to roll a little bit bit more of that mailbag. And then uh, over the next couple of days, we'll we'll just keep that rolling until we get to the end. So like I said, uh, after yesterday's podcast, if... Uh, we didn't get to your question. Don't worry about that. It's, uh, we, we certainly hope that we covered everyone's there and we didn't miss any anyway. So we're going to get to that. But as I said, the Bucks are not exactly their most beautiful performance on the floor, but they do get the win. Uh, 107-98, uh, just really struggling to shoot the ball. 40% from the field on the night. Not absolutely horrible, but from deep, geez, they really struggled. 22% uh, from three. They were one for 18 to start this game deep into the second quarter. And uh, I already mentioned Giannis, one for three. Eric Bledsoe was 0 for three in the night. Ilya Sova, 0 for two. DiVincenzo, 0 for five. And you can keep going down the list. It was 
real struggles for the Bucks shooting the ball. Uh, I did just tweet out the numbers actually, and it was interesting to look at because it does feel like this shooting slump for the Bucks has been rolling on for a little while now. Uh, just the third time this season, according to Basketball Reference, that they have shot below 25% on the season. They're actually three and zip in those games. I mean, you know, again, the Bucks now 33 and six, so they haven't lost too many games. So that's possibly not uh, that much of a surprise, but. One of those other games was against Minnesota on New Year's Day. So uh, I think at this point, when you think about the game against the Timberwolves, uh, obviously the the game prior to the Warriors against the Spurs on the road where they lose, and then this one tonight, uh, not a great start to the new year for the Bucs. And uh, I will say, first of all, I will caution people from going into full-blown panic mode. And, and for anyone that did have the ESPN broadcast on tonight, I think you, you probably would have heard a, a number of comments from Mark Jackson, one of them being that this was a performance that the Bucks should be really concerned about if they're wanting to win a title. I mean, come on. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Mark Jackson, if I was him, I wouldn't be worried about the Bucs uh, not winning the title this year because they have a rough night in the first week of January against the, the one of the worst teams in the league, the Golden State Warriors. They look sluggish and there's no way to avoid that uh they haven't looked great over the last couple of games uh the one thing i will say when you look at Giannis, it's interesting for me to see particularly the spurs game in now this one and this warriors team uh, <laughs> i mean honestly a, a bunch of guys i know frank often referred to them as the santa cruz warriors but uh i mean when you when you look at a, uh, these guys that they're rolling out there glenn robertson uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Damian Lee, Kai Bowman, Amari Spellman, Alec Burks. I mean, these guys are either guys that have sort of uh, bounced around a number of teams or they're really unheard of young players. So that's not the type of team that you would expect to hold uh, Giannis or be able to pack the paint with the, with the discipline that they did oftentimes, but it was kind of impressive. And you have to give some credit uh, there to Steve Kerr, I think. I thought the Warriors did a pretty good job of really walling off the, the paint to Giannis. And in the end, uh, if you look at the, the points in the paint uh, number, again, for the Bucks, only 44 on the night. And that's a low number for them. I mean, they are averaging around 50 uh, per game on the season. I don't think that this is a bad thing because I thought the Warriors were gambling a lot by doing that anyway. And, and they really were only bailed out by the fact that the Bucks continually missed wide open threes. And yeah, I mean, you would like the fact that, that if some of these other Bucks players could hit uh, open threes, Brooke Lopez on the night, one guy I didn't miss, uh, mention two for six. He missed a couple really badly wide open threes that uh, we spoke about the fact that his percentage on those open looks is not great this year. Um, and you know, you want to start to see these role players hit these hit these threes. Uh, but, you know, I don't think it's ultimately a bad thing for Giannis to work through these situations and say, well, okay, this is what I'm going to see in the playoffs. Because we know when it gets to May, gets to maybe June, which we hopefully, it, we hope that it will for the Bucs, this is exactly what teams are going to do. And if the Bucs aren't hitting threes, then that, that wall or that paint is only going to close down even more but uh, above all else tonight, I think the interesting thing to note with Giannis was that he looked kind of sore. And we know coming into this game that he had, uh, or he, he was listed on the injury report as a probable with that back soreness, which now is something that we're starting to see pretty consistently. And this is something over the previous years that we saw with the knee soreness that he was getting. And, and 
you know, kind of strange that we haven't seen that at all this year. It's now transferred into the back. And Frank mentioned, he tweeted, some of you guys probably saw that, uh, the tweet that he pointed out that Bud said uh, a couple of weeks ago that this was something that they didn't think was going to linger or he, he, he came out and said he, he didn't think this was something that was going to linger. Um, it's been quite a few weeks now and Giannis has missed games. Uh, the one thing I would say is that I don't think that the Bucks have shown any real uh, willingness to play guys that aren't healthy to play. And so I, it doesn't seem like something that is going to get drastically worse by him playing. Now, that's just me. That's just my feeling. That's just me saying what, what I think I, I'm seeing out there. But tonight, there was definitely one point there early in the game. I think it was early in the second quarter where you saw him sort of trying to uh, loosen that back out or stretch that back out. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means if you deposit 2000 bucks, you get an extra 1000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You know, we've we've seen uh, before, and, and Christmas Day probably the the most notable one. Where again, he also struggled to shoot from three on that day. So the probably the two games that we've really seen Giannis uh, most visibly sore in that back region. Uh, he's now one for fourteen from from three in those games. And we always think that what is the back? How does the back affect his ability to play with the force that he does and get into the paint? and and finish in uh, at the rim in the restricted area where he has become such a dominant player, well, maybe uh, getting in there and, and uh, shooting those jump shots is something that is affected by the sore back. We don't, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of undetermined. And um, maybe that, that played a factor tonight. He certainly looked frustrated a little bit. Um, but I will say that when you're playing a team like the Warriors, who, again, no D'Angelo Russell tonight either. Obviously, no Clay and Steph, as, as everyone knows at this point. But uh, I would have thought, again, if there was any doubt, they're not going to play Giannis against a, a team like this against the Warriors. And uh, so I, I don't have any major concerns that they're playing him through an injury that is going to harm him long-term. Am I slightly concerned that the back seems to be lingering? Sure. But uh, I think that uh, this is something that, for me, for mine anyway, I, I have through the last year or so, or certainly since Buds came on, and we know the Bucks have a, a fantastic medical staff. They're, they're well-renowned, one of the best in the league, known as one of the best in the league, sort of from that point of view. So I, I don't think that they would be putting Giannis in any unnecessary uh, risky situations in, in the first week of January, that's for sure. So it, it's just remains something to monitor. 
because uh, you know this is certainly not something you want to see from Giannis in in the playoffs if he's coming off the floor. Uh, you know, trying to loosen up or stretch that back out. That's uh, obviously not something uh, that we really want to see. But uh, one of the other final uh, notes here on Giannis from this game that's worth mentioning is that the Warriors. Uh, it started with 2.06 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, they went to Takayanis. And this is not something that we've seen a lot of. And it's kind of shocking that we haven't. I would imagine that this is something that we should get used to seeing with uh, opposition teams trying to send Giannis to the free throw line. Just prior to the Hakianis, he did uh, airball a free throw, which again, I mean, it's not something that you really want to see. But it's not exactly something that we are unfamiliar with at this point. This is something that happens semi-regularly. We know that he's had the struggles at the line through the season so far. Uh, Fortunately, tonight, he really stood up to that pressure. He was 6 for 8 from 3 over that last sort of 2.06. He finishes 9 for 13 from the free throw line uh, on the night. So 69% there for Giannis from the free throw line. Certainly a spike from his... Uh, season average in the in the low 60s there. So look, that's a positive. And I don't really mind if teams want to go hack Giannis now in the regular season. Put some pressure on Giannis on the line. I mean, at this point, you you would be hard-pressed not to have some concern that this isn't going to uh, linger into the playoffs and he's going to struggle with the free throw line. Frank's not here, so I feel like I can get away with talking about this a little bit without him completely losing his mind. But... Seriously, I mean, this is, the, I'm fine with it. Put Giannis under pressure at the free throw line. This is where he needs to get better and he needs to knock down these free throws. And if you are someone like me that potentially thinks that this has become a mental thing, then he needs to work through it. And he wasn't having a great night tonight. He looked a little bit out of sorts, a little bit frustrated. So I thought it was a big positive for him to go to the free throw line. I don't really care if it's the Warriors. I don't care if they're a struggling team. I haven't won a lot of games. I don't really care about that. Giannis went to the free throw line. And uh, he, he got the job done down the stretch when the Bucks needed him to. They were able to close out the win and uh, avoid losing back-to-back games for the first time this season. As I said earlier, 33-6. and six. So uh, you're not always going to win pretty, that's for sure. And this one was not that, but uh, they were able to... Uh, pull out the win. So that's that's obviously a, a positive there. The other thing to to come from this game, I already mentioned at the top, Chris Milton I thought was okay. And again, I don't think there was any major standouts from this game, but uh, like I said, he had 21 points, seven rebounds, six assists, just six for 16 from the field. So not his most efficient night there, even if you take away three-point shooting, so three for eight from three. So then uh, he was three for eight from from two-point range as well. Uh, Although, you know, fair to say he wasn't alone in his struggles shooting the ball tonight. But his passing remains a really nice thing. I mean, I still think that he's probably one of the best, uh, probably is the best lob thrower in the team. He had a nice one to Brook Lopez. Really put it in a nice spot for Brook, who... Doesn't dunk a lot. I mean, we don't see Brook Lopez dunk a lot. Uh, Milton put it right there for for the easy finish for Brook. And maybe the interesting one uh, in, in the fourth quarter was the... I don't know if it was a traditional pick and roll. It was almost like a handoff from Giannis to uh, 
to Chris and then Giannis sort of rolled to the basket and, and Chris threw him a lob for an easy finish there. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of that. The two-man game between Giannis and Chris, they don't go to it a lot. But Chris is really one of the only guys in the team that off the dribble uh, in those sort of one-on-one situations, particularly if he gets a mismatch, is a guy that you that, that opposition teams genuinely fear because you know, most of the other guys aren't doing a lot themselves. Keeping in mind tonight, there was also no George Hill off the bench who we know has been a reliable scorer uh, for the Bucks. But yeah, I just thought it was a nice little set. It was out of a timeout, I believe. They were able to get Giannis an easy two. And this was in a situation with the game where the Warriors just wouldn't go away. And you never really felt that the Bucks were going to lose the game, but the, the, the margin sort of kept bouncing between that five to 10 point range. And uh, again, it, we see Bud is is very capable of drawing up those those really nice sets out of timeouts. I've said it before. I don't really know why <laughs> those those sets don't generally come out uh, when the Bucks really need a basket late in a in a close game or, or for a game winner. But uh, you like to see uh, those plays from him. We've seen a number of uh, plays drawn up for Cole Corver threes uh, across the season as well. So that was a, a notable play. Tonight and Chris Middleton in general. I mean, uh, when I spoke earlier about the Bucks starting one for eighteen from three, Chris was the one that finally broke that and hit that uh, the second three from the Bucks, and they were able to sort of get rolling a little bit there late in the half. They ended up uh, got, hitting four of their next six, and that was really when this game went from being pretty much dead even to when the Bucks had a comfortable but not game sort of clinching lead right the rest of the way in the third quarter. Uh, Chris had another nine points. And and similar to uh, the game a couple of nights ago where in the third quarter where Chris was really, really struggling but remained aggressive, looked for his shot against San Antonio. I thought the same thing tonight. Again, he, he didn't look like he was fully in rhythm. He didn't look like offensively he was totally comfortable. But he remained aggressive, hit a number of big shots. Uh, really nice play drawing the foul from the perimeter ended up being a two point rather than three point as, as he sort of took that step forward, his foot was on the line. Uh, But we know Chris Milton, when he gets those bigs on him, (laughs) he really has them on skates and he can either get himself a really easy look from three, uh, a shot that he's very, very comfortable with, or he's going to be able to draw a foul. I mean, he's by far the best uh, on the box at doing that. We saw one earlier in the game where Eric Bledsoe drew a foul out of Draymond Green uh, I'm not totally sure whether that was a foul. That was a very exaggerated sort of forward shooting motion from Bledsoe. Still got the whistle. That's fine. But but Chris Middleton does it, it really in a natural motion that uh, there, there's no way that that can't be a, uh, called a foul for Chris. So, um, yeah, again, I mean, a, a sort of a, a quiet 21 points for him. Not the most efficient night uh, from two-point range uh, from him, as I mentioned. But again, the six assist is a nice number. And I will I will just say... Before I do look to wrap up this sort of Bucks Warriors talk, then we'll get into some more mailbag stuff. Uh, the four assists for Giannis. I mean, come on. The, the shooters have to be hitting the threes for him. They're only nine for 41. I already mentioned just 22%. But Giannis, four assists. He legitimately could have just about had a triple-double tonight if the guys were able to hit the wide-open threes that he was generating. And this is why I think it's great for the Bucks uh, to work through these types of things. Giannis, again, Working through being patient, not getting frustrated, making the right pass. I thought he did a pretty good job of doing that tonight. 
And uh, I think that's great for him. I mean, he did have the three turnovers, but as I said, he should have had more than four assists. So, you know, I think in general, he made smart decisions. Again, we'll keep our... Uh, eyes on what comes out of the post game here in regards to uh, his back and whether there's any news there uh, from that. Uh, but outside of that, a big part of the win for the Bucks was their dominant defense. We know ranked number one in the league. They hold the Warriors to 20 points in the paint, which is a season low for the opposition against the Bucks. The previous low was 26 points. So uh, they forced the Warriors to be a jump shooting team. And while it wasn't pretty, as I mentioned, they just got the job done. And it's the first week of January. And there's no point in really reading too much into this. The Bucs keep winning. They're 33-6. and six. They now head to Sacramento. It's going to be another late one on Friday and then another late one on Saturday night in Portland. So uh, that's potentially a little tricky back-to-back there. I mean, Sacramento... Uh, their pace has come right down from where it was last season, but uh, they've still got some talented players, including a guy that in this mailbag, over the next couple of days, you're going to hear a bit more about Bogdan Bogdanovich. So that's going to be another couple of fun games in Portland. We already know they've been, they've been winning some games lately. Kamala hit a game winner yesterday against the Raptors. They got Damon CJ. Never take that game for granted, or, or I think that that's going to be an automatic win. We know the Bucks lost in Portland last year where CJ went off for 40 points. So, look, a couple of tricky games here, and that's why getting that win tonight was important for the Bucks to clinch that. But now I'm going to jump back into the mailbag. We're going to tip this one off with some talk about Giannis's future. What's going to happen with him this summer? It's not necessarily potentially a fun topic for Bucks fans to listen to, but it's no doubt a talking point. And we got a bunch of questions on that one. So I'm going to pose the question to Frank and we're going to roll from there. As I said, Bucks win 107 98. Let's get back into the mailbag. We might be able to get a little bit dark here with the next question, Frank. We don't talk about this a lot. (laughs) We don't talk about this a lot, but it's coming from a couple of guys. So first of all, Joe uh, Popoliski, I believe that's right, at Joe Pop 24 and also Dave at BucksFan for Life 3. The basic gist of this question is how much is the Bucks playoff run, how far they get this season going to, in our opinion, affect what Giannis does this next up so i mean i think it would be naive to think that there's like no correlation right i mean at the extremes um you know if they lost in the second round um then depending on the context of how they lose if Giannis is is really good and the supporting cast is terrible and you know brooke lopez is played off the court and eric bledsoe is you know turns into the bad version of playoff bledsoe uh, then, I mean, I think it would only be fair for Giannis to think, well, maybe, hey, maybe I don't want to lock myself in here. Maybe I want to just play this contract out next season and then just sort of figure it out after that. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think that's like an unreasonable thing as a Bucks fan who wants Giannis to be in Milwaukee forever. I mean, I wouldn't begrudge him that um, if he has, you know, some doubts before he commits long term um, to to a team that obviously. Um, I'd say, you know, their best players you'd expect to be good for the next couple of seasons. It's not like 
you know, you're talking about a team full of, you know, the, the, the next best players are all like 35 and, you know, could go at any moment. Um, Chris being 28, Bledsoe just turning 30, Brooke 31. Um, you know, those guys are obviously, they're not young, young, um, but they are still, I'd say, you know, haven't shown any drop off this year, obviously, um, at all, arguably all of them playing at a higher level uh, in aggregate, even with Brooke shooting poorly. So, so yeah, I mean, I think it'd be, I think reasonable if things go poorly to, to maybe hold off on signing an extension. Um, but does that mean that suddenly the Bucks need to trade him because he's going to demand a trade or he's then going to say he's out? No, I mean, again, like to, to say then, then it becomes the Anthony Davis situation, I think is, a, a big leap, which maybe ESPN would make that leap <laughs> like oh, yes. talking heads. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, Anthony Davis was playing on a team that was struggling. Um, obviously, you know, there were a lot of questions about how they had built around him over the course of his time in new Orleans, obviously a team that, you know, let's just say wasn't a, you know, a paragon of good decision-making or, or of success. They won one playoff series and then the next year, you know, went back to, to struggling. So, um, Again, I think there's a scenario, yeah, where if they don't play as up to expectations, uh, and if they have a disappointing playoffs, um, then then I think he might not sign an extension. Uh, if they win a championship, then I think he absolutely signs an extension. Um, and again, I think probably odds more likely than not, you know, not knowing how the Bucks are going to finish, I would say I would expect him to sign some form of extension. That said, I don't. I don't know if I would expect him to sign the full five-year supermax, even if the Bucks win a championship. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he necessarily would would actually do that because that's such a long commitment, and he's obviously. I mean, he's already banked a hundred million dollar contract. Um, well, you know, will have banked it when his current one ends. So it's not like he's a guy coming off a rookie deal who just wants to lock in as much money for as long as possible, and. Well, most guys want to do that. I mean, Giannis a year ago said that his agent, that they were offered the five-year max extension and that his agent actually advised him to take the four-year $100 million sub-max deal rather than the five-year. I think it would have been like 138 or something like that if he had gotten the full um, rookie super max when he was extension eligible, um, which was interesting because that had not been previously reported. I think there's there's been like stupid – this some people suggest like oh it's because they wanted to save that for Jabari which makes my head want to explode because <laughs> I don't think there was ever like like oh at that point like nobody was sitting there thinking like oh Jabari is definitely gonna be better than Giannis like we gotta we want to make him the centerpiece like come on like after after Giannis's breakout there and all the triple doubles like nobody you know Jabari was encouraging but but please so anyway um so I think I, I would say this if if you just told me hey I have to make a prediction. I would predict Giannis signs a two-year Supermax extension. And so, you know, basically he, he kind of says, great, I'm, I'm happy here. I don't want to go through, you know, uh, the offseason, you know, the, the, I don't want to be faced with this question hanging over the team forever, um, all of next season. So I'll sign, the, I'll sign an extension. I'll lock in just a massive, massive amount of money. And then, you know, I can always come back and, and then figure it out a couple of years from now. Um, he could also just say, well, if I don't, don't want to be here, I can just ask for a trade, right? Which is also um, something you can do. So by that logic, I think it could be very reasonable that he does just say, I'm just 
give me $250 million <laughs> and, and I'll worry about, you know, if things go poorly, I'll just worry about that later. Um, I could see that happening as well, but eh, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, again, um, he's generally been obviously very healthy knock on wood. So um, he's not like a guy who's had some serious injuries that would maybe make him want to lock it in um, the way other guys might. So, so yeah, that, that's kind of my, my guess. Uh, again, I think as much as I think Giannis wants to make things work here, um, he's only human. And I think he's, you know, a guy who has shown uh, he's not necessarily just always going to take all the money that's out there. Um, and at this point, obviously with the level he has attained, I think, you know, we've seen obviously lots of other guys be feeling, you know, whether it's LeBron or KD, they don't always feel like they have to take, you know, the full max deal uh, when they get it, you know, Kawhi and Paul George did the same thing this summer. Yeah. And I, just on that, uh, I will say that, I mean, if he uh, did go down the path of, of say a two, let's just say a two year deal, then, uh, you know, if, if you're a Bucks fan, you're like, well, okay, we've, we've got this guy now for, for another uh, three years <laughs> that's pretty damn exciting because as we've seen as long as you have uh, this level Giannis MVP level Giannis on your roster then uh, you're at least going into the season thinking that you're a chance to to make the NBA finals and that's pretty exciting so that would still be a great result the other thing I will say is that yeah I do think that the what the Bucks uh, what happens in the playoffs this year could affect things Mostly to the point that you made. I mean, if this team really bombs out in the second round and things go drastically wrong, then, uh, yeah, I mean, that might not be a great thing for, for signing him uh, this summer to that Supermax. But uh, my, my feeling is that he's going to stay. The other thing I will say, and this was always something that, that sort of um, I thought about with the, with the whole Brogdon stuff and when people were sort of saying, well, the owners were cheap and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, if you think that Giannis wasn't involved in, in like, and I'm not saying he was making final decisions, but like Giannis is that this franchise and the owners have really proven that they, they understand the gravity of the situation with Giannis and what it would mean if you lose him. So, you know, I, I would say that Giannis is well and truly given his seal of approval for the guys to come back on this roster. He loves playing with those guys. The question will be if let's just say, for instance, that that Bledsoe again, has an underwhelming, playoff series then maybe um he's a guy that uh, after that if he doesn't get moved beforehand and we don't know we're going to get into that in a little bit here then maybe you know there needs to be some moves and maybe that would affect what Giannis does I'm not too sure but yeah I I think that it would have to be a playoff disaster for uh Giannis for that to really affect him I think if the team makes the conference finals and then and he plays well the team plays well or they make the finals then I I don't think that's going to change things too much I mean I, I think he loves being here uh, I think that the, as I said, the franchise has done a great job of of putting him in a great situation, looking after his family. Yes, I mean, yeah, his brother's on the roster. I mean, a bunch of different things. I don't think they could have done much more of, uh, to, to this point for Giannis to be happy and want to play here. Uh, ultimately.